Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Dimitrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of The Empowered Speaker, which is a faith-based global ministry that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. For those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will bring you up close with guests, will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today, I have a special guest to help me do just that, Peter Wilcox, the author of The Business Whisperer. Let me tell you a little bit about Peter. I'm going to read his bio. Peter is very interesting, and you'll see from his You'll hear from his accent in just a moment um, that he is not from the U.S., uh, so I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that in a second, but I'm going to read his bio from his perspective. And here's what it says. If life's a journey, then I'm thankful of the route so far. I started out in Leeds as a witty kid with national health specs, gazing through the local BMW showroom. Escaping a gas explosion in a pub whilst at Leeds Poly was the first hint there may be a spirit guide taking care of business. Unilever showed me how to sell but not to be anything different. Seagram showed me how to have fun. Inware allowed me to be cool without spending the cash. Initial taught me life can be a drudge. Then Comcast showed me that faith really exists. Finally, a square peg and a square hole allowed all the instinct and natural skills to come flooding out and how we changed the world. Paradigms shifted for fun. No one wanted the Internet, but we gave it to them anyway, just in case. Lucky we did, 128K was the taster. What an amazing team-building exercise also. I'm proud to have built my version of Springsteen's E Street Band, and my Steve Van Zant is still a pal. Many claim to have started it all, but only the pioneers did that. Comcast, then NTL, then the merged entity, and finally Virgin. Always in favor, always on stage at the front, no matter what, from beginning to end. Not exactly climbing Everest, but in its own way the same. And as Hillary said, getting back down is important. And I did. Then time to move on. Why? In search of true bliss. A chance to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And the chance to be there. All day until the end for someone so special. An honor. Becoming an investor is real hardcore. That qualifies for being a true entrepreneur when the check is signed and you ask the family to trust your judgment. So far, so good. And I'm on the road speaking and coaching, passing on the experiences and sharing the secrets. Then there will be another mission, as usual. And the first book is Hot Off the Press, which I'm assuming is The Business Whisperer, Peter, correct? It is, Christina, yes. Awesome. Well, Peter, welcome welcome to the show. And should I call you Peter or do you go by Pete? Um, well, I, I tend to get both, so what, whatever, you, whatever you prefer, I don't mind. Whatever comes out. Okay, that's awesome. As long yeah. as it's one of those two, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I read a lot of things about you, 
Um, so I'm going to have you take a moment. I, I always, my first question is always, um, you know, tell us something that's not in your bio. Tell us something about you that gives our listeners a better feel for who you are and really truly what your background is. Well, I think the bio takes people on a journey from a, I don't know whether in the U.S. national health specs means anything, but it means that the government paid for them. So they, so I had to wear glasses and they weren't the most designer looking things. So I was a, a kind of quirky looking kid who always felt that, I just felt that I was a little bit different, maybe we all do, but I was um, I was uh, walking around thinking, do you know what, I can, I can do most things. And then I think that journey um, took me to becoming a little bit lost in my dreams and then through a real uh, twist of fate, I suddenly found that I could do anything I wanted to do. And I, that then took me on a journey of, of saying, do you know what? I think I can do most things and I want other people to feel that too. And that has almost become a mission for me to 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 show people how I think we we limit ourselves. But what what an amazing opportunity there is out there and just in, in terms of I've written a book called The Business Whisperer, but I could actually call it a, a life whisperer. And mm. I think I started in a really different way because I've got two young daughters and I started to tell them not to limit themselves. And I, I then thought, you know what, I'm doing this day in, day out. Maybe I should write some of this down. So I did. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, you work for a number of companies that I read in your bio. What did you do for those companies? Well, mainly I was in sales, so okay. I I began as a um, a graduate uh, riding around selling things, and then so I worked for Unilever, and then I became a sales director for Comcast, who just launched in the UK, mm-hmm. and cable didn't exist here, and we've we've had four TV channels for twenty five years at this point, and. Uh, we have one telephony company, and then suddenly you've got this uh, American business knocking on people's doors saying, would you not like uh, 40, 50 channels? And of course, to the Springsteen song of um, 57 and nothing's on, everybody said no. And, and we said, well, surely you want the internet in the future. And everybody said, what on earth would we do with the internet? So that was a wonderful experience because to sell something to somebody that they don't want mm-hmm. and think they never will does try does tend to make you do different things. So the traditional sales approach that I'd always use wouldn't work. So I then studied lots of uh, paradigm shifting things and scenario thinking and, and started to, I thought, how, I don't know how I'm going to solve this. And it's not the traditional way. And that was probably the first time I entered into listening to people like Jim Rohn and and other people who talked in a different way about how you get what you want to get. Mm-hmm. And and that began an amazing journey where we introduced cable TV and the internet 
to 60% of people in cabled areas, which was unheard of in the UK. And along that journey, as referenced in my biog, I felt like I was Springsteen. I looked around and I've got nine people in the band who were my direct reports. And I felt that if we did everything the right way, the music was amazing. And if we didn't, then it sounded terrible. And I used to talk about as being the street band and how Springsteen has managed to do that for 40 years because he gets it right and gets the right people around him. So this was quite radical, really, in a, in a traditional corporate world. Mm-hmm. But it's something I felt very good about. And it worked, Christy. That was the thing. I found that people just loved that kind of talk. So it, it was a really inspiring time, really. Yeah, that sounds like it. And it's always cool and really once in a lifetime to be on the cutting edge of things. Um, my whole it career is, yeah. has been in sales. And you get those, and when they say once in a lifetime, you know, you get those rare opportunities to be a part of some, you know, new product launch. And just not many people get to do that. And you relish those moments and you capture all of those things you learned when you're selling something nobody's ever seen before. You know, a new concept, yeah. a new way of thinking, a new, a new habit that has to be instilled in order for this product to be successful. So, yeah, I yeah. definitely can, can feel your excitement about uh, launching something so massive. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me, what, what was your, because you, you had some experiences up till Comcast, and Comcast, as I read your bio, is when you kind of realized you were, you were a fit. You know, you, you phrase it as a square peg in a square hole, which is mm. not what we usually hear. So that's when I guess you figured out, you know, there was a fit for you, and you're kind of walking in what you feel like was, purpose might be a strong word for this particular thing, but you're finally feeling like you fit in and doing what, you, what you're good at? Yes, I think so. And, and being able to be me, really. So I think that up until that point, I was a guy that worked for some good companies, but mm-hmm. uh, I worked in businesses where there was, you know, 5,000 people. So it was just a job and, and I didn't really have any aspirations and I don't think the businesses did. And... I think I was very much in a, just in a routine of, of going to work and and earning money and, and thinking, well, maybe this is it. And then uh, I do think that the the cable experience, I, I almost feel it was a purpose because it, it changed me that in such a way that I became a different person from then on. And since then, I think I've just kept evolving into something that that is very, very different to um, when I was starting out, I feel. Mm-hmm. And what, what component of that experience do you feel really led to that change? Of what component of your Comcast experience? I think the realization that I, I, I sat back and when... I started the cable franchise in a particular area. I said that we would get 50% cable penetration and the UK was at 17. So it was a little bit crazy. I used to say Mm -hmm. it was like saying we'll do a three-minute mile. And I recruited people and asked them what percentage they thought we'd get. And anyone who said less than 50 didn't get a job. So 
So I got this bunch of people who all believed the same thing as me. Now, they were naive, and, and I was probably a little bit deluded. But it worked because we didn't know anything different. And I think that was the big thing. I then looked back a few years later, and I didn't have any fear about what I could accomplish. I had lots mm -hmm. of fears about me, and I had lots of fears about... Um, you know, how I'm perceived and self-confidence. No, I've got all that stuff. But if somebody said, we, we need to find 50 million in three months in, in the operating expenses, can you do it? I didn't have any fear about those things. And then I started to look at the things I'd actually done. And I realized that anything I really wanted to do, I did. And the things that I failed at, let's say, I realized it was because I didn't really want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> that led me to, to, to be of the, the view that the things that really matter to me, where I put, put the effort in and, and believe and get my mind in the right place, I can do, and that can, Chrissy, that's either business or personal things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some, some very challenging family um, incidents where you, w you would think at some point, well, how, how will I actually cope with that and, and manage to? So that was a big thing for me because I think, and I talk about this in my book, I think most of us are brought into the world and we have restrictions placed on us, not always intentionally, right. but we're surrounded by, you can't do that, be it parents, then teachers tell you what you can't do, and, um, and then people can get to work, and bosses can tell them their limitations. Friends, and I've got some great analogies in the book, friends can limit you without either intentionally or because they don't really know they're doing it. And I, and I thought that's a real battle to get through with, with your own thinking intact when most of, of the environment is actually picking away at it. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to my children, it, I found myself, if, if one of my daughters said, oh, well, I'm no good at this, I'd say immediately, don't say that. Um, because... Ultimately, you can be good at anything. You right. just haven't, haven't got there. So, so that was a, a, a big thing for me. And so many people in, in Comcast, first of all, said we wouldn't do 50%. And then, um, and then kind of questioned, well, how did it happen? There must be something wrong to get 50. And then suddenly they're all, they're all fans and sponsors and now everybody claims to have done it <laughs> which is really interesting yeah it is you said something earlier um, as you were talking that you had confidence in your abilities but you didn't necessarily have the same confidence in yourself you know self-esteem all those kinds of things yes how do you differentiate between the two? How, for people, and I would say, I'm, I'm very quiet. People who've heard my, my show are probably thinking, why isn't she talking? Because I'm, I'm being very reflective right now because you're saying so many things that, are, um, that I can relate to. And that is 
as you talked about that, that is one thing I can absolutely relate to is when asked to do something, yep, I can do that. I can get that accomplished. There's a number because I've been in sales all my career. You know, so there's a number, yes, I'll hit it. I'll find a way to hit it. And somehow I disassociate my personal abilities with getting the job done. Mm. And I don't know if that's how you how you meant it as well or how you saw it as well, but um, I think that's that's a very interesting concept of is there a separation between confidence in your abilities or there's a distinction, that's probably what I should say, confidence in, confidence in your abilities versus self-confidence. Yeah, I think the self-confidence can, because a lot of people in, at that time would probably say I was very self-confident. Mm-hmm. So the self-confidence to me is that secret voice that that again goes back years and years that says are you really up to this mm-hmm. and i think the battle is to get over that and part of the realization for me was to sit back and go do you know what this the scenario of anything i really want to do i can do so i try to move out the limitations so I think for me that it's that subconscious thing that that kind of says, "Are you sure you can do this?" It's almost mm-hmm. you, the enemy thought, isn't it? That says, "Are you up yeah, to this?" Yeah. Aren't, aren't yeah. those guys? They look a bit more self-confident than you, and they seem to mm-hmm. have done more. But then there's the inner voice that says, "Do you know what? I can beat them actually." And I think. Over time, I think part of what I've done is I, I think I've managed to befriend that secret voice. Mm. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I had a, uh, a lunch the other day with some business people, and, and, and for my sins, uh, one of uh, my business, we had a barbecue in the summer, and, and I uh, performed as Elvis. as a bit of a treat. And, um, <laughs> and one of the other people there, they said, oh, they do. I do an Elvis impersonation. And we agreed to have a sing-off. And it's really strange now because I've got no doubt I'll win. <laughs> <laughs> and what's strange oh is the people, like the people around the table who were with me, they knew that I'd got no doubt I, I will win. And I think that's the big move for me. That, that yeah. I genuinely believe it. And because of that, when we left the room one of the people said to me, you know you're going to win, don't you? I said, I do, yes. Now, I don't know why, <laughs> and I might not, but the thing is, Chrissy, I, I will go into that thinking I will. Well, and, and so, that's the thing I always tell people. It always starts with the mind. I mean, yes. if you have that belief yourself, I mean, that's that's more than half the battle. The ability yes. comes comes second, of course, or the, the ability plays a large role, but if you go in not even thinking that you can win, and my, you know, I played sports all of my life, and my kids play sports, and you know, that's the one thing I can say about my children. I don't know if they just got it genetically because my husband was, you know, all American, blah 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 blah, that stuff. I should be able to quote, I'm sure, as a good wife, but <laughs> you know, he was all these things, and so, um, you know, we just assumed they got the, the competitive gene, you know, honestly, uh, from both of us. But, you know, just the thought of thinking I might not win is not even a concept. I mean, it's mm. just not even a concept in our house. And, 
and, and people always laugh, and especially when they watch our kids interact, even little things like they may do something at church and there's a little competition. If it's competition, my kids go into win mode. They don't care yeah. what environment they're in. <laughs> yeah. I've, it's a competition. Is there a winner and a loser? Okay, I'm on the winning side. Mm. And I think you're so right. It is all about, you know, your your beliefs. And that's what I would ask you is for people who have those limiting beliefs, and we all do, we all do at some point in some facet of our life we don't automatically feel like we are the best. Mm. We'll maybe working at it, but we're not the best. So what would you say to people? How do they overcome those limiting beliefs? What, are the, what do they do? Well, I think initially it's, it is about immersing yourself in maybe literature or, or shows like this where you, you start to get the right kind of messages, not the wrong type of messages. And I think this is almost something that can be a wonderful study. So instead of reading newspapers that are full of doom and gloom, then it, 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 I, I began to read some interesting people who were uplifting and told stories. And, and one thing that changed my thinking was I read uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And I'd had that for maybe three or four years and, and never touched it. And I read that and absolutely loved it. And it was written in 1937, amazingly enough. And it's still topical today. And so I think it's, it's a little bit like if you want to get fit, I think you've got to eat the right things. And if you want to have your mind fit, I think you've got to consume the right things. And, and here we're very precious now about uh, you know, toxins and e-numbers and saturated fats and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. but the mind is very important. And so I think to start with that is very important. And then there are lots of great things to read that can can then make people think that we are actually in control of our own destiny and we do create our own reality. Yes, and so... I've got two views of that. One is, if that's true, which I believe it is, then that's a wonderful thing to get on with. And if it isn't true, then it means that we're at the mercy of something else, which I don't particularly want to be. And I had a, uh, again, going back to, to my business, I had a meeting the other day with, with my partner, and we talked about things that we, that we felt were wrong. And I said, you know what? But that's us. We created this reality so we can change it. And that was an uplifting thing because it said, wow. well, we did this. And it wasn't all bad. It was just certain things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But because we, because we did this, we can change it. So why would we get uptight? Because all we've got to do is decide to change it. And, and then I think, well, yeah, the second phase then I think is where people actually then start to believe that, that they are uh, very special, which we all are. Society likes to put people in, in, in boxes, but ultimately we, we've all got the same talents, we've all got the same um, abilities, and the opportunities might be different short-term, 
But then I think once people start to believe that and, and get rid of the limiting influences, it is very, very liberating. That's that's great, and that's a great real-life um, example of that very thing. Well, as we begin to wrap up here, we've, we've referenced your book several times in the last few minutes, The Business Whisperer, and why don't you take some time to tell folks what the book is about? Because um, we have not talked about that. We've kind of danced around it. But <laughs> tell people what it's about, because I tell you, once you go on your site, and I've read the bio about the book, it sounds very, very interesting. Um, so tell people about the book and how they can get the book, and then um, hmm. just go ahead and wrap up and let people know how they can contact you. Okay. Well, um, I wrote this book because so many people said you should write a book, and, and so I thought, you know what, maybe I should. And again, this is another challenge, the fact that I could write one, um, and I've never even done anything like this before, is, is, is because I decided to. It's another example. I decided I would, and... Nothing held me back, and I, and I did. And the book is about, it's a series of analogies um, it, in business but in life, and I've used animal analogies because I wanted the, the, the stories to be memorable. So, for example, let's go back to limiting beliefs or peer pressure. The, the, there's a story in there that if a fisherman catches a crab, he puts it in the pot and puts the lid on because it will climb out. If he catches another one, hopefully, and another one, he puts them in the pot and he leaves the lid off because the crabs will try to climb out and pull each other back. And that is what happens in life, where people try to climb out of where they are and somebody will pull them back and then they'll try and climb out and somebody else pulls them back. And, and so I wanted to illustrate what happens in school, in business, in, in life, and to be aware of it, watch out for the crab pulling you back and kick them off and get out of that pot because that's where you belong. <laughs> and so that's an example of a, an, an analogy. And so I wrote a series of those. So we all know about the elephant in the room, which is where it's obvious there's something wrong and people ignore it because of fear and ignoring it makes things worse. And, and that can be, again, in business or in life. And the story talks about just getting used to dealing with the elephant because dealing with it early stops it creating carnage. So I wrote a series of these analogies all about um, life and how to uh, aspire to where you want to be. And then I met a wonderful chap called Rick Butts who said to me, if you turn that into another type of story where you, you pull all those things together, that would be an amazing thing to do. And so then I had to go off and write a proper story. So I created two characters, which I think we've all got. There's the, 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 the wise sage who's giving this advice. He's, he's not judging. He's just saying, well, have a think about, you know, look what happens to crabs. Does that happen to people? And if it does, be wary. And then there's, there's a younger man who is searching for wisdom, and he talks in the book about he doesn't need motivation or, or really inspiration. What he needs is some wisdom to get him through to where he wants to be. And, and I'd like to think there's lots of wisdom in this. And, and so I wrote the story about how, the, how they meet and how the young man looks 
for some lessons from the uh, the he's actually an American gentleman, actually Manning, um, and how they they interact and how this young man goes on a, a journey of learning because actually Manning, the sage, he tells all his stories by using animals as an analogy, and the wonderful thing about this Chris is that they're so memorable, so. It's easier to, to use the, the elephant in the room or the crab analogy than just to talk about things that get lost. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and, um, and I, I've just had an amazing response, and it's been the most fulfilling thing. I had a call this morning from my decorator who was here yesterday, and he saw the book, and he bought one, and he rang me this morning, and I thought he was ringing to say he'd left his ladders. And he rang me, and he said, I just want to say, I've read the first chapter and I think it's absolutely wonderful. And he said there's a, there's a, a, a sentence in there that I think is so amazing. And he said he was going to write it on the wall where he, he's decorating and then wallpaper it. And in years to come, somebody will take the wallpaper off and read it. And I thought, what an amazing wow. thing for somebody awesome. to call me and say that. It's just a, it's just a, a fabulous re- reaction, really. So I'm I'm yeah. just absolutely thrilled with it. Well, how do people get your book? Well, they can go to my website, which is www.peterewilcock.co.uk, and there's a shopping cart on there, and. Um, and we'll be more than happy to just send them out and spread the word. Awesome. Well, that is fantastic, and I encourage people to do that. If you missed uh, the website or couldn't hear it clearly um, as you're listening, uh, please check out my page on Blog Talk Radio, and you will see the slide that will have uh, Peter's email address, excuse me, Peter's website address, as well as the image of the book and a little bit more information there as well. So uh, don't miss it. You can always go to a couple places to find it. Peter, I want to thank you again uh, for being a guest on the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Demetrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdemetrakis. And I have two Facebook pages, Faith to Conquer Fear and The Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.